Welcome to the Word of Life Tabernacle Podcast, where we know one word from God can change your life today. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. All right, welcome, praise God, members, partners, and covenant friends. Glad to have you with us again tonight as we uh, come into Bible study here at Word of Life. I want to encourage you, praise God, uh, to just take advantage of all the teaching that you hear uh, through the YouTube channel. It's being stored and you can go back and download this, praise God, and keep your faith built up uh, every week. Amen. I also want to remind you, you that are streaming live, if you're in the central part of North Carolina, what we call the triad, High Point, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, and surrounding cities throughout North Carolina and even South Carolina and Virginia, we are on a regular television station, uh, CW20, uh, from 9 to 10 on Sunday morning. Also, you can tune in if you have satellite or direct TV. You can tune in channel 20, CW. If you have Plex TV or, or what we call Spectrum Cable, you can see it on channel 3. But that's from 9 to 10 every Sunday morning. We invite you. We call it the double hour of power. Then take advantage of that. And then, of course, at 11 a.m., we'll be streaming live the service right here, praise God. So you can get a double hour of power. Then every Tuesday night, same thing at 7.30, praise God. You, can, uh, you, you uh, will be streaming and service start at 7 uh, p.m. We also want you uh, to know that you don't have to call for reservation. If you do want to come, we reopen with limited capacity, praise God, and so there's no need to call if you decide to come to church. Of course, we're taking all of our regular precautionary things, temperature check, masks are required according to the mandate of our governor, Roy uh, Cooper, praise God, and also we are uh, definitely uh, physical distancing, which we, plenty of room. So you're welcome to get in uh, the regular service if you feel comfort, and remember, it's all about your comfort zone. No one is obligated to do anything. Our first priority is the safety of all of our members. But there are some who just like to be in the service. But if not, you praise God. Make sure you stream and be blessed by the word of God. Okay, let's get right into the word for this evening. Hallelujah. I want to teach a powerful message called the reality of your kingdom inheritance. The reality. You know, as Christians, things uh, are not real to us. We know our life got better. Even some of you that are blessed, you've heard the word of God. You've seen your, you know, increase in your life, and you've seen things get better on the job. But still, it's not the reality of our inheritance. I want this to be so clear. These scriptures, I pray, will be so vibrant that you renew your mind with them, that you, you walk with a, a, a mindset that I am an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You know, if your thinking don't change, your life is not going to change. Everything must start with your thinking. And even though your life has been better, then it must become a reality, praise God, of your kingdom inheritance. We have an inheritance. I'm going to say something right now uh, that will uh, really, really jar your thinking. When you receive an inheritance... Say your father left you inheritance, and uh, you're in the will, and he, you inherited his property, his land, you inherited his cars and all of his goods uh, and his finances. Well, when do you receive your inheritance? When your father die 
or when you die? When your father die. Praise God. So, I mean, it's crazy. You know, there are a lot of people who wait until they die and go to heaven to receive their inheritance. That's why I said that. And, and Jesus have already died. He wrote a will. He's the mediator of the new covenant, a new will and testament. Praise God. He's the only man that wrote his own will, died, shed his blood to put it in force, and then was raised from the dead to watch over the seed and every word of it come to pass. So the inheritance is in force now, not, not when you die and go to heaven. Your inheritance is for right now, right here in the earth, during this time of this pandemic, praise God, it does not affect your inheritance. David put it this way in Psalms 27, 13. He said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord, not when I die and go to heaven, right here in the land of the living. So we're going to look at these scriptures. We're going to examine them. And I pray that the spirit of God will, will just burn them into your consciousness so that you become inheritance minded, praise God, right now. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 12 and verse 13. Giving thanks unto the Father who hath passed in. That's very important. Little words like that. This is not something that's going to happen one of these days in the sweet by and by. This is something that God has already done. Giving thanks to the Father who hath made us meet, old English for the word able, able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who hath? There's another past tense word. These are things God has already done through and by the blood of Jesus, who have delivered us from the powers of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. As far as God is concerned, we've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. And the Bible says he has made us able to be partakers, to have a part of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's so very important. How many of you are saints born again? Praise God, you in the light. In other words, I, I, I've read this many times, but I finally realized what the Spirit of God is saying in verse 12 and 13. They go together. He's made us partakers of this inheritance of the saints in light who have delivered us from the authority of darkness. That's Satan. And have delivered, translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. So the only thing that will stop you from walking in your inheritance is darkness. 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 When you have, have allowed darkness, in other words, ignorance of your inheritance. Thank God. But the Bible says we are the saints in light now. We know what our inheritance is. We know, praise God, what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Jesus died to put in force his will of the inheritance. You don't have to wait on anything, hallelujah. The Bible says, he said, one of the parts of the inheritance was peace. He just said, peace, I bequeath, bequeath to you. I've taught that before. I like to use that, St. John's Gospel. I think it's um, uh, 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 the uh, 20, oh man, I know, 1427, I think. But what he's saying is, it's been bequeathed to you. In other words, to bequeath means to pass on by will. You have an inheritance. Well, not only peace, healing, joy, all are part of our inheritance. Prosperity is part of our inheritance. 
We are, and it's got to become a reality because what happens is people hear this, they know that life is getting better, but here he says God has done this. Matter of fact, let's put it up in the Amplified. It might make it a little more plain. The Amplified Bible says this. Giving thanks, praise God, to the Father who has qualified and made us fit. See, the devil said you're unworthy. You haven't lived up to par. Yeah, you don't read your Bible enough. You don't pray enough. You know, God is not going to bless you. No, the Bible says God has qualified and made us fit to share. Watch this. The portion which is the inheritance of the saints. Hold that right there. God's holding people in the light. Notice we all have a portion. We all have a portion. Jesus died to give us all. The inheritance is not just about you. It's about those that you're called to minister to. We all have a portion and he's made us fit and qualified. But you got to be in light. The Bible talks about the revelation of the word. You got to know what this inheritance is. My people perish for what they do not know. Because it immediately goes in the next verse says, The Father has delivered us and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. We used to be bound by sin and Satan. But when we accepted Jesus Christ, the Bible says here that the Father drew us. I like that, praise God. Uh, out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us. Here it is. This is what you got to see. Transferred us were into the kingdom of God's dear son. You say, well, wait a minute. I'm sitting here in the pew tonight. I'm at home. What do you mean I'm being transferred? In the spirit, God saw when you got born again, the Bible says, even when we was dead in our sins and trespasses, Ephesians 2, 6, that God hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. In heavenly places in Christ. He's translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. In other words, God sees you with joint seating with Jesus. Now, we quote this, but I'm going to put pressure on you right now. Our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. By who? What do that mean? By Christ Jesus. By his riches where? In glory. In heaven. God is trying to say, I want to treat you now like you already have, but you have an inheritance. It's got to become a reality. Most people, they're just, well, you know, I'm just down here. It's rough. There's a pandemic going on, and I make so-and-so an hour, and I live over here, and I got two cars, and, you know, two, two car gar garage, and I got a goldfish and dog, and we just kind of happen. Well, that's, you know, natural. That's what happened in natural. God says, praise God, as far as he's concerned, he sees you translate into the kingdom of God. And he wants to treat you like you were already there according to his riches and go. Now, that, that, that would take the rest of the night just to meditate on. See, you gotta, that's got to become a reality. You mean, yeah, yeah, God won't treat you like you're already there. Because as far as he's concerned, you are there. You're seated in the spirit with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But if this don't become a reality, that's what happened. You remain in darkness. You're still under the control and dominion of darkness. And that just don't mean drugs and alcohol and, and, and sex sins and all. We think, well, you know, I don't have all. Yeah, but you do have religion, which will keep you in darkness. Religion will blind you quicker than anything else. Keep them poor, Lord. Keep them broke. No, 
No, that's just religious ideas. God, you know, the, the, the prosperity will ruin. Will ruin you. No, it'll ruin, it'll ruin the fool. And prosperity involves more than just money. Your inheritance, you inherited peace. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Mean wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. But if you don't know that, if this is not taught, your mentality don't change. See, something happened. It says God drew us out of the dominion of darkness and he, the Bible says we became partakers. We share a portion in that inheritance, praise God. So thank God for the inheritance that we have right now. Hallelujah. So I want you to uh, look at this statement, this first statement I want to make as we move deep into this. God then has transferred us into the kingdom uh, and given every believer an, an inheritance. We just read that. God has transferred us into the kingdom. So God wants you to start becoming kingdom-minded, kingdom-thinking, because that's where God is looking at you. He sees you in the kingdom. Hallelujah. With an inheritance, praise God. Transferring us into the kingdom and giving every believer an inheritance. Something you didn't earn. Something you didn't have to work for. You inherited. How? Through the blood of Jesus. When you accepted him, it was an inheritance. The Bible says he had made us to be able, qualified you to be partake. See, the key is are you going to partake of it. And when I began to think like this years ago, I got saved in 1974, little by little as I renewed my mind, I became inheritance minded. Not what I had, but where, what, where I was in the kingdom, seated at the right hand of the throne of God as an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And until you think like that, I'm talking about when you walk in here tonight, thank God I have an inheritance. Healing is in my inheritance. Blessings is in my inheritance. Peace is in my inheritance, praise God. Everything that God owns belongs to me, hallelujah. The Bible says, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. See, just scriptures like that, we, oh, yeah, I'm a son of God. No, 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 no. No, son of God. I'm a son. I have God's DNA. Whosoever believes that Jesus is a Christ is born of God. I believe that Jesus was a Christ. Well, thank God when I accept you, his DNA was put in me. I'm a legal, I have a legal right to inherit. Just like my son, Crystal carries my DNA. We have the DNA of God. The Bible says when we accepted Jesus Christ, we partook of his divine nature. And the minute he did, praise God, I was signed up and I was wrote down as a son of God in the kingdom of God and everything that God has belongs to Ronald Diggs. I have a portion did you read it? He has made a portion. God wants you to enjoy your portion. And the way you partake, partake of that portion is by faith and through these exceeding great and precious promises. That's what you read the word for. That's why I have Bible study. To learn more about your inheritance, praise God. The Bible says that grace and peace would be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, revelation knowledge, and of our Lord Jesus Christ. According as his divine power, here's one of those past 10 words again, half, already done. Give it unto us everything that pertained to life and God. It's in your inheritance. Food, clothing, house, job, money, college fee, all of that. 
Everything that pertained to life and godliness had been given to us. When? When you got born again? Well, why did our own shit? Because it is according to his exceeding great and precious promises and through the knowledge of him. That's what, that's what learning your inheritance and the reality of it is all about, praise God. Now, let me remind you of something. We are in the earth. And there is an enemy called Satan. You're going to have to fight for your inheritance. God told Joshua, every place the soles of your foot, it's your land you've inherited. As I will with Moses, I'll be with you. But you got to drive out the Nakis. You got to drive out the Hittites, the Jebusites. You got to drive out sickness. You got to drive out lack. You got, you got to do it. It's yours, but you got to claim it. Hallelujah. Now, that's part of the problem why people not walk in their inheritance. Because I, I don't, I mean, you know, I ain't in no shape to antagonize the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so weak in faith. You, you're scared to start something on purpose. Paul told Timothy, wage a good warfare. Don't wait till the devil strike you. Start something on purpose. You get on the offenses, praise God. Take the word of God. Take the sword of the spirit, praise God, and stick them with it. Just start quoting the scripture, everything God said about you. Don't wait on the devil. You got to drive out the enemy. You got to drive out fear, worry. Hallelujah. So you got to be willing to fight for your inheritance. Amen. So God, the, the, uh, uh, here again, it says that God has transferred us into the kingdom. Not only did he deliver us from the authority of darkness, he translated us. And the best way, I, the Amplified says he transferred. The best way I can describe that, I, I wasn't a big Star Trek fan. Some of y'all were Spock. I see some hands out there. There's some of the guys in Star Trek and, and, and Captain uh, Kirk and and, and all the boys, and you know, and, and, and Spock would begin to, you know, and get information and this and that. And every now and then they would go to a planet, and they want to go to that planet, and they would be, it's, it's, they would be, what do they call it? Translated, like a hologram, or transported to that planet. And after they've discovered the planet, everything, Scotty, who ran the deck, they'll say, Beam me up, Scotty. And they'll just like that, and all of a sudden they're back on the ship. That's what God did to you in the spirit. You were, your spirit was translated at the throne of God. You were sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, with it, and heard God says, Everything I got, I died for you. My son died to give it to you. And I want you to partake of it right now. Hallelujah, praise God. But it must become a reality. Everyone say reality. So if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, we had that under there. This is what God said. This is what he did. Of course, verse 5 says, even when we was dead in our trespasses and sin, God quickened us. He made us alive together and have raised us up together with him. With who? Christ. Jesus is not way up there and you down here. We are called what? The body of Christ, right? How many of you are part of the body of Christ? How many of you in the body of Christ, there's a head, there's feet. Don't you have head, feet, arms? Are they all part of your body? So if you raised up your body, every part of the body got raised up. He raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating mm -mm -mm. with him. Thank God. Where? In the heavenly sphere or translated in the heavenly places. That's where God sees you. Joint seating. 
An heir of God, a joint heir with Christ and everything. Matter of fact, everything Jesus did and died for, he didn't do it for himself, he did it for you. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chest out of our peace upon him. And with his strife, we are. Everything he did was for you. That you might share and walk in your portion of this inheritance. He became poor that through his poverty, we might be rich. That word rich means abundantly supplied. Jesus never came to do nothing for himself. Hallelujah. He died and when God raised him up, he raised us up together and made us sit together, giving us joint seating, gave us inheritance by virtue. How? By vir the fact that we are being in Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. See, God sees you in Christ. Here you're seated on the bench. In God's eyes, you're seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. With everything that God has at your disposal. Not, no, no, no lack, no struggling, no begging. Everything Jesus died to give you, praise God. It, it, it's at your disposal. But like I said, you got to be willing to fight for your inheritance. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. See, these things are not reality to the Christian. They just kind of get saved. They like get a little better. But they live beneath that privilege. And people die and never walk in the fullness of their inheritance. I want everything Jesus died to give me. What about you? Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I'm talking about the reality of your kingdom. Well, see, you're in the kingdom of God now. God sees you in the heavenly place. Hallelujah. He's translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. Mm-mm-mm. And here in Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, Romans 8, verse 16 and 17, powerful, powerful scripture. It says, the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. The Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of Almighty God and conjunction. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, you get it? If children, then heirs. How many of you have children? If you have a will, they're going to be your heir. You don't let the state, you don't let the, the government come in and take your house. You have heirs. They inherited your house. They're heirs. What's not, what if, 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 God forbid, if I die before Jesus returns, I got heirs. To my property, heirs. There's an heir to this property here in the name of Jesus. All of this stuff is set out. Huh? Well, then here, we need to act like heirs. <laughs> of a rich man. <laughs> See, if Bill Gates call you or some, you know, Hilton hotels on them, Mr. Hilton called you and said, I'm making you an heir to all of my hotels and all of my properties. Your equal heir has been reserved for you. And you can go anywhere in any of the Hilton hotels or any of the affiliates. You can go to Embassy Suites. You can go to Doubletree. You can go to, to any of these places, praise God. Anything that we affiliated and it's heir, you have equal ownership. In. Boy, you would get excited. But see, we read this, and that's Bill Gates. We're talking about God. To them he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. He came into his own, his own received or not, but them that received him, to them gave he power, the authority to become sons of almighty God. 
See, it starts with your mentality. See, some of you, because you're going to go back home and your house look like this, you drove up this type of car, that's, that's, that's blocking you. It's almost like a fog, but you need to break through that cut and see yourself like God sees you. That's the first step to deliverance. How, when you see yourself as an heir of Almighty God, that's when, why do you think I have faith to bleed for buildings like this? Because I had to grow my mentality about who I was. The bleed for excellence. Stuff that, that used to scare me when I first got into the ministry. Man, it, I mean, I was scared of a $50 room we had to rent at the YMCA. I, I didn't know we were going to get the, the money. It was $50 a week when I started in 1980. Hallelujah. And that scared me. I was sweating because I said I wasn't going back. And the first offering, praise God, we went over the budget. We raised $64, and we never have missed the budget since. And that was in 1974, and God has grown my faith about who I am. But not just me, it's about you. Look at this. If children, are you a child of Almighty God or not? He said, the Spirit itself bear witness that we are children of Almighty God. They are children and heirs of God. And joint heirs, joint seating with him, if so be, we suffer with him, we may be glorified, manifest good. The suffering is not sickness, disease, poverty, it's just resisting those things you're redeemed from, resisting life, resisting sickness. Why? I'm redeemed from all that. That's not in my inheritance. We ain't talking about going, I'm just suffering for Jesus, ain't got nothing to eat, ain't got nowhere to stand. No, you're not. You're walking in ignorance because your inheritance gives you something to eat. You're ignorant. Your, your, your inheritance gives you a place to stay. Put this up in Amplified. It gets even clearer. We're talking about the reality of our kingdom inheritance. The Spirit himself, Holy Spirit, thus testifies. You know in your heart you're a child of the mighty God. You know your life should be better. The Holy Ghost is right here trying to reveal it to you with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Now watch this. And if we are, and say I am, his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Here it is. Sharing his inheritance with him. Oh my God, sharing his inheritance with him, sharing his inheritance with him. God treats you as an equal with Christ. Everything God has not only belongs to Jesus, it belongs to you. Sharing his inheritance with him, giving thanks to the Father who had made us meet, able to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints of life. We share his inheritance with him. Glory be to God. Everything God has belongs to me. Everything Jesus has belongs. I'm a share of that inheritance. Did I deserve it? No. Someone said, you're just trying to put yourself on God's level. No, that was the story of the cross. He came down. He the one raised me up in me. I didn't ask him to do it. Jesus did that. And told me to share in his inheritance. Think big. Abraham understood this, and he was Old Testament. And when they wanted to come back from the slaughter of kings, and they wanted to say, well, look, you take the, the men, and, and we'll, uh, you take the, the, the goods, and we'll take the men, and, and all of this. And Abraham said, I don't want a shoestring out of one of y'all guys' shoe. Because I've already lifted up my hands. I already have an inheritance. 
to Almighty God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And I don't want none of y'all guys taking the credit that saying you, I made Abraham rich. He, that was Old Testament. He didn't lack anything. Neither did his seed, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. Generational blessings, not curses, just passed on. Why? They all was inheritance-minded. That's the Old Testament. We in Christ. <sighs> Sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. That meaning you got to fight for it. Your suffering is resisting the enemy. Driving out the Hittites, the Jebusites, all them complainites, the persecutites on your job, get mad at you. You know, in price over the years, everybody ain't love me, but you know what? I- I'm going to fight for what's, what's mine. Hallelujah. I mean, come on. If it's your inheritance, you got to fight for it. You already have it. You're not trying to get it. How many of you drove here tonight in some vehicle? Well, if somebody walked through the door with the keys to your car, and said, listen, I know you think this your God, but from this night forward, I claim that this is mine. Are you just going, well, praise the Lord, go ahead. No, I'm going, look, it's going to be a fight. Because I'm not trying to get a car. I got a car. Somebody going to get that. Oh, let me be quiet. I'm streaming. It's going to be a fight. That's all I'm saying. And I'm going to win. Hallelujah. See, we just kind of lay down. God told Joshua, and I'm going to show you this later, I'm getting ahead of myself. The inheritance is not just for you. God told Joshua, Moses is dead. But you're going to go up, be strong of a good courage, meditate in my word day and night, for you shall divide an inheritance for the people. See, it's not just about you. There are other people called to be blessed and sustained by your inheritance. We have paid staff here at this church that's being paid through my inheritance. Love offerings coming through my inheritance. It takes money to go on television, stream right now. We're going to, it takes thousands of dollars. And yet, there are people sitting at home benefiting from my inheritance because I'm walking in. See, it ain't just about me. It's about those I'm called to minister to. Are you listening to me? Children are being fed. All our support ministries, who we support, not even name them here because it's none of your business, praise God, they're benefiting from my inheritance. My faith gave me not only enough for me to walk in, but the benefit of the support ministries. We, we support Shriners Hospital and those children. We support, praise God, uh, 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 St. Jude. Children, research, we do that, even in the natural. See, if you just got just enough of me and my four, how are you going to help all them other folks? How are you going to sow in other ministries? We got to expand our thinking. You can't exhaust the resources of God. You're John Air, equal access. So put this statement up. We must begin then to think like Jesus as joint heirs sharing in his inheritance. We got to think. Your thinking don't change. You ain't going to change. See, my thinking had to change years ago. 
I had to think more than just a little kid riding a bicycle. No, I inherited. That was a step. The steps of a good man ordered by the Lord. I started off riding a bike, but God gave me a car, and then a better car, and then another better car. He gave us our first building, which was a room. Then he gave us a bigger room. Then he gave us property, praise God. And we built uh, of sinner. My, my thinking changed over the years because I realized you cannot tax or put pressure on God's resources. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. So I had to think like that. So I'm not trying to tell you if you've never bought a, a bicycle before all of a sudden you're going to believe for a Rolls Royce. Just, 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 if a bike is stretch your face because to some places in Africa and China, that's true prosperity. You just go to the next level wherever you at. You ain't comparing yourself. I just want my portion. Remember, we all got a portion. And in order to meet the needs of all the people I'm meeting the needs of worldwide and in this ministry locally, it takes more than my portion. So this inheritance will keep you from becoming covetous because it won't be just about you. It'll be about the families of the earth that you're called to bless. Why do you want more than enough? Just to say you got it. Why do you want a big car? Big car. Who do you want to help with your inheritance? So then you got to change how you think. Why? Didn't we just read seated with him in heaven? Didn't, didn't we just read that he made us to share in his inheritance with him? Didn't we just read that? And we in the kingdom with him? Hallelujah. Well, Philippians 2, 5 says, and 6 says this. Let this mind, let this sink in, be in you, hold that there, which was also in Christ Jesus. Can you see Jesus talking about, oh my God, we ain't got enough, we can't make it. Lord, have mercy, tomatoes going up, lemons, five for a dollar, Jesus Christ. I can't, two for a dollar, what? Me going up, Lord, have mercy. And this health care said, can you hear Jesus talking like that, thinking like that? No, Jesus only thought abundance. Bring be me the two fish and five loaves. I can multiply. Are you listening to me? What was Jesus' attitude about storm? That is blessing me, you know. The storm only came to make me strong. No, the storm came to destroy you. Jesus got out of boat and rebuked it. You got to think like Christ. And all the way you think like Christ is read Christ's book. Read the gospel and find out how he did. What was his attitude about sickness and disease? What was his attitude about leprosy? Did he make people humble or did he lay hands on leper and cast them out? Did he put up with the devil? Did he say, holy spirit? Come on. Let this mind. Notice you got to let it because religion don't want you to think like that. Oh, there again, you're trying to make yourself equal with God. You're trying to put yourself up on God. No, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to show you something in a minute. No, God raised me up and made me sit together with him. Well, you're just trying to bring God down on your level. And like, no, that's the story of the cross. He came down and became, he humbled himself and became a man like me to lift me up. So I didn't put myself up. I didn't tell him to come down. But I'm going to benefit from everything he did. So I got to change how I think. You don't walk in. If I'm seated with Christ, sharing this inheritance, I got to think like that. Let this mind be in you was also in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Oh, my God. You're not God. 
but we are God's children. And the Bible says he's given us joint seating, equality. He didn't put Christ here. So, so it's not robbery. The word robbery means to take away from. It don't take away from God when I begin to declare, praise God, that all that God has is mine and all that I have is God. That's covenant talk. If I need money, thank God my father is rich. The gold and silver on a thousand hill. The cattle belong to him. Hallelujah. And I ain't worried about struggling about this or that. My father get me the money to build a church. My father get me the money. In my father's house, I made mansions, not log cabins, praise God. I'm going to think like, and I'm equal with him. I have equal rights. I have his last name. Christopher Diggs have our last name. Therefore, he has inherited everything in that house, and he don't have to come beg me for a hamburger. He don't have to come beg me for bread. Chris just come in, and I call him the Terminator. Everything that's moving, he start eating it. And if you don't want it, you better put up and put your name on it, and you better write plain, because he'll swear he didn't see your name. Why? He's inherited. It's that mentality. Whatever's in this house is mine. I can drive any one of my daddy's cars, any time. I just like driving the Kia. I've inherited. In a sense, those are my cars. This is my house. And it is. It's less than digs. If my people which are called by my name. See, we got to change how we think. The reality. I'm in the kingdom. Ain't nobody broke in the kingdom. Ain't nobody sick in the kingdom. Ain't nobody sad in the kingdom. Ain't nobody depressed in the kingdom. What's wrong with me? Let me change how I think. Let me get my joy back. Why? You're not taking away from God. Equality with God. That just mean I'm in the God class. Now don't go out there and tell my pastor this, tell my that you were God. You a lie. I said you're in the God class. Everybody know you ain't God. Me, you, and everybody mama know you ain't God. But I am in the God class. I have his nature. And I have an inheritance. And I want my portion, praise God. Amen? Hallelujah. So then it's going to start with changing how we think. Look at this second statement. Uh, no, there ain't no second statement, I don't think. No, it's not. I want to look at the second scripture. I want you to go to... Acts 20, verse 30 through 30, 32 through 34, Acts 20. How many are learning something, man? See, don't look at where you are now. My thinking had to change. You know, that was a time, man, growing up in a, on 220 Beaver Street with eight kids, two bedrooms, one for my mom and daddy that put eight kids in one room, two big beds, you slept up and down, the girls on one side, the boys on another. Man, and I thought welfare, being on welfare was a blessing. That's how I was thinking. Man, they get that, that welfare spam, man, that was just like steak. Man, you fry that stuff, get you some mayonnaise. Good God Almighty, man. I, see, that was big to me. I had to change how I thought. And as a little boy, I just thought that true prosperity was if you, you know, my daddy would take me to the barbershop on Saturday morning. And I see all these guys, they have all these brogan boots and they have all these, all these clothes. They were hard workers. They were, they, you know, hard guys. They've been working all week. 
And but it'd be some of them that would come in with a suit on. And they had a suit. Blue pants, blue shirt. Some of you remember this suit. And it had like a it had like a, a burgundy circle around it, and it had your name in the middle of Phil, Joe, Bill. You know, and those guys would come in and you know, I'd be sitting on a little boy and they'd be talking, how y'all work go this week, man? We, 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 we put in time and a half, man. We gonna draw real good. Yeah, man, they probably gonna give us to, you know, extra day all, you know, for Christmas because we gotta get that order out. And boy, they be talking that talk. How your work going, man? I work, I work good, man. I'm on swing shift. I can come in four in the morning, they pay me time and a half, then I can swing into second and third shift. Yeah, man, we've been, we been in the work, you know, and they have all them suits. And I'm thinking, if I can ever get me a suit like that, you don't get no better. Lord, if I can get me a job where I can get blue pants and a blue suit, shirt, with that, per, per, I can see that burgundy shirt and then three letters. And they never gave you no more, those, they never gave you no more than four letters. Everybody name I would see, Bill, Joe, Earl, Bob. You never seen Christopher. They might, now, too long. It was Bob, Joe, or some of you are laughing because you remember that. But then I had to change how I thought. <laughs> that was going to be my goal in life, to get a job working at a plant somewhere in High Point where I could get me a suit like that. But see, that, that's it. I'm just trying to tell you how your mentality has got to evolve. <laughs> Amen? I'm a child of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I'm a John Aaron Christ. So, my, my end. so as I grew up, got in the word of God, my thinking began to change. Now, look with me again here at Acts 20. Acts chapter 20. We're talking about the reality. I call what I just described barbershop talk. Man, I got to go get me full quarts of transmission on and put that transmission fluid down there, but they would talk about their cars and their work, how good it was. How you draw. I didn't know what that was. I draw real good. Draw me in your paycheck. <laughs> Some of you laugh. But that was barbershop talk, but I had to change my mentality. I found out God wanted me more to have more than just a blue suit with my name in the middle. And I would have made it because Ronald, they could have wrought Ron, three letters. It would have still worked. All right, let me leave that suit alone. Acts <laughs> chapter 20. Look at verse uh, 32 through 34. Here we go, verse 32. And now I commend you to the God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance among them that are sanctified. That's why in order to walk in your inheritance, it's going to take the word of God. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given, but it's through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue and through these exceeding and great precious promise. You're never going to walk in your inheritance if you don't spend no time in the word, if you're not diligent in the word of God. That's why I said I'm commending you. I'm coming, get in the word, get in the word. You ain't got to go try to get the house, get the car, get the money, get your portion. Get in the word and it will build up your spirit and it will give you your portion of your inheritance. Hallelujah. Among them that are set apart. And look what he said. I want to show you what I was just telling. Paul said, I've coveted no man's silver. 
or gold or pearl. Look at the, the next verse. Yes, yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessity and to those that were with me. See, this inheritance is not just about you. It's about those that are called to work with you in the ministry. Called to work with you to do other knowing about other ministers that will sit under you. Can you show something in their life? They're called to work. Not only do I have enough, I ain't got to covet what you got. I ain't bad for no money. Because my inheritance is not only build me up, it's taking care of me and all those that's called, that I'm called to support and bless. Paul had a staff. Put this up in the Amplified. And now, brethren, I commit you to, the, to God, I deposit in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. I commend you to the word of his grace, which command, to the command and counsel and promise of his merited favor, and, and it is able to build you up. That's why you need to stay built up in the word of God. I didn't go try to make things happen and get a church and get a nice car and get clothes and be a blessing people. I didn't even seek it. I sought first the kingdom and all those things were added to me. When my spirit got built up, when my image changed on the outside, things begin to ch- on the inside, things begin to change on the outside. He said to give you your rightful inheritance build your, and give it to you. It's yours. You have a right to it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and your rights in the kingdom. Where has he translated us into? The kingdom of God's dear son. You get in this word. Build yourself up and find out what's yours and what all of Jesus died for you to inherit it. It'll build you up and give you a right to inherit among all those set apart. Those consecrated, purified, and transform a soul. Keep going. I've coveted because I'm built up in this inheritance. I'm walking in it. I don't have to covet no man's silver. I don't have to get up and beg for offerings and try to get and wring money out of you. I don't need nobody clothes. I've covered no man gold or costly garments or silver. Why? You yourselves know. See, this inheritance will not only bless you, it'll bless those around you. You will know personally that these hands ministered by my, to my own needs and those of the persons that were with me. People that God has called in the ministry are walking in my inheritance. See, this, this keeps you from becoming covetous. See, yeah, I just want me a car, I want me some stuff. No, 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 no. It's not about just call those that's been called to minister with you. Hallelujah. Who can I bless? Through these shall all the families there be blessed. That's why a lot of times, my white man, man, that's, all, that's, that's why I covered a man with a free heart who understands the inheritance is not just for him. He's going to, he's, it's going to manifest quickly. It's going to be built up. Why? Because the more he gets, the more he gives. And you know, my wife got the same mentality. Any of these guys help us to know when you pull up and my wife be here, she got about every Sunday six, seven, nine bags for every, you get this or so and so. She done boss everybody. Every week, all the time, give, give. Get away with clothes. Give I'm giving up my life. I'm giving up my time. I'm sowing my finances. I'm, I'm increasing the ministry. And, I, and, and my inheritance is not only is affect the paid staff here. All the love offers. Everyone that we say, for God is always, we are, what can we give? On the back of the car. 
car, one of our cars we have lived to give. That's why we live to give. Because the more I give, the more I can. God told Joshua that I'm going to bless you and you're going to divide inheritance to the people. It's not just about your stuff. It's about blessing other people. You are blessed to be a blessing. And Paul said, I ain't got to beg nobody for nothing. I just preach the word of God and I didn't have to beg or covet anything. And even those that was called to work with me, they're there operating in my inheritance. So it ain't a matter just you and I just want just enough for me and my four. You selfish thing. What about the sick? What about the brokenhearted? What about those in prison? What about those that need to hear the gospel? Jesus said, I'm anointed to bind up the brokenhearted, the poor. Those that's been bruised, the captives set them free. See, this inheritance, see, I'm doing, I'm living a dream because it never was about me. I'm living in the overflow, enough to support other ministries. Get it on television, get it on the internet. Meet the needs of our own members, praise God. Make sure that every paid staff, every love offering, every camera prayed for, every board, everything. What, what about the gospel? Paul said, hey, hey, why? What had happened? The word had built it up and gave him this heritage. And he said, you ain't got to cover nothing from nobody. Your day has come. Matter of fact, I submit to you that inheritance has manifested itself even as I speak. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy on you, your house, your ministry, everything that's been set apart for your ministry, for your life, for your sons and daughters, for your education, for your wealth. I Calls it into manifestation now. In the name of Jesus, we make demand on the heavenly resources of God. Angels go forth and call supernatural provision to come forth in Jesus' name. Even in the midst of pandemic, there's more than enough. Amen, 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 amen. Angels, all those is called. God wants not only me to drive, he wants my members to drive a nice car. That's why when I drive up there, I be looking at there like, who is that? Gives me joy. Not that the car mean anything. It's just to know that this thing is affecting other people around me. Hallelujah. We're blessed to be a blessing. And when I see someone down, I bring them up. And not only can I be a blessing, I can command the blessing. See, some people can't be a blessing because they ain't got the money. Or they don't have the resource or the house or the car or the clothes. But when you can command the blessing, you got more than enough in your inheritance to say, what do you need? Just act just like God, a little Jesus on the earth. God told Paul, God told Abraham, I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing dispensing goods to others. More than enough to help others. I'm preaching good now. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what it's all about. You don't only get so many cars, so many suits, so much stuff until your real joy comes from who you're helping. Whew. So then, diligence in God's word, a couple of statements here. Diligence in God's word, let's move quickly. Diligence then in God's word will build you up and give you your inheritance. He said, I'm commending you to the word of God. How diligent are you in the word of God? How much time do you spend? Do you do what God told Joshua to do? Meditate in it day and night? Observe to do according to all written in, and then you'll make your own way prosperous. Then other words, that inheritance. Psalms 1, blesses the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but in his word. 
He thus meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season and his leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does, he shall prosper. Hallelujah. How diligent are you? Or do you just kind of only come and hear me teach or, or watch television? You don't spend no personal time work, uh, studying the word or getting the CDs or DVDs and building your faith. See, you got to, in order to build your, up yourself, you got to be self-motivated. Sometimes you just got to turn off the television and say, I'm going to spend some time in God, with God and his word. And when you get that diligent about the word, it'll begin to give you. I just pulled myself aside. I remember when I first got saved before I got married. I spent the first two years reading the New Testament. I read it over and over and over again. I wasn't interested in a girlfriend at the time. I was so, God had saved me off the streets of High Point, And I was so built up. Eight to ten hours of work day. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Two to three hours. And I would be built up. So that if there's anyone sick and there's a need, I already had more than enough to not only sustain myself, but get people healed, get them delivered, get the need met. That's what causes inheritance to explode. I wasn't seeking things, things start seeking me. Put up my second statement. Your inheritance will not only, see Paul said, not only did I not have to beg, uh, but it, it sustained those that were around me. Your inheritance will not only meet your needs, but the needs of other people. Your inheritance will not only meet your needs, but the needs of other people as well. How much love and compassion, that's why Jesus came, to feed the 5,000 and hungry, to get the lepers cleansed, to get the blind eyes open, the ears unstopped. He said, I, I come not to minister to myself, but to minister to the sick. They that are whole need not a physician. He wanted to meet. And so notice there was more than enough power, more than his anointing. Where there was lack, he destroyed it. Why? The inheritance was manifested himself. Why? He was not only looking at his own needs, but the needs of others. Look what God told Joshua. Now remember God promised them that land? And some of you, I just want to walk in my inheritance. Yeah, get yours, but what, don't forget about other people. Look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. There shall not, this is what God told Joshua, any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. I will not fail you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this, not yourself, unto this people shall thou divide. Unto this people, this not just about you and your house and your, your family. Unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land, their portion. Which I swore unto my father to give them. You're going to divide it. This inheritance is not just about you getting yours. It's about you bringing the people into their inheritance. Bringing the people into a better lifestyle, into a land flowing with milk and honey. Bringing the people out of debt. Bringing the people from sickness, praise God, to help. Bringing the people from bondage to freedom. You divide this inheritance, hallelujah. And the Bible says... That for 40 years, 
They complained and murmured in the world. God, God finally had to cause a whole generation to die. But Joshua said 40 years ago, God told me this. Joshua and Caleb had another spirit. And now I'm at 85. And as my eyesight was then, so is it now. That's part of my inheritance, my help. As my strength was now, then, so is it now. I can go out the wall. I can still mess you up. Don't think I'm an old man. This old man got some strength. Give me my inheritance. And the Bible says he led him. 40 years later, they entered into all. And he started a new, what I call a Joshua generation. Moses had a maintenance ministry. There are some people who don't want to go no further. They just want to maintain. You know, if I just, I know I ain't got nothing in the bank, but if I just pay my bills. Ain't nothing I got to live for. I got enough food in the refrigerator. As long as he, that's why he only gave mamma for just a day. But Joshua had, 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 a, had a, a progressive ministry. He had a conquering ministry. You drive out the giant. You drive out the knacker. You go that land. You bring down the walls of Jericho. You possess the land. That's yours. And you bring all your people. You bring the whole congregation in the well. Into well-being. You understand the heritage now? And when you go at it like that, God will make sure you have more than enough. Why he know your motive is pure. You're liberal-minded. God know I'm a liberal-minded pastor. Thank you for the blessing. But who can I bless? Who can I give? Who can I furniture their house? Who can I sow a car into? Who can I bless? What can I do? This ain't just about me. Who life can I make better? When that's your true motive, God will lay it on you. You'll have unlimited resources. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm about to begin to walk in it in a new level, praise God. I said, I'm about to walk in a new level to where I can command the blessing. The word church can be in trouble. I just go and say, hey, how much y'all got on your mortgage? 40,000, man, give that thing. Y'all free. Sorry, that y'all sorry, Josh. Come on. Billionaires can do a million. It's up, but we, see, we thought something wrong with wealth. No, it's about your motive for it. I give you the power to get wealth to establish my covenant. And a man like me want to cover the earth with the word. That's going to take a lot of money, a lot of resources. God says, no problem, man. God is a Jamaican. You know that, don't you? No problem, man. I promise you, I have it to you before 3.30. Okay? Let's look at Luke, Gospel, chapter 12. See, we're the one having a problem because we're covered. Paul said, I ain't covered. This ain't about me. Look at Luke 12. I'm almost done. Luke 12. Hope y'all guys getting something at home. Again, I'm going to remind you, you don't have to have any reservations come to church. You don't have to call the church. You want to come, come, but stay in your own comfort zone. If, you, if some people have immunization problems, some people, they feel they're more vulnerable. They say, well, ain't nothing here in the name of Jesus. You know, I'll tell you right now, if you, I'm not going to tell them to put the camera. There's plenty of room everywhere. We're more than six feet apart. You're closer in Walmart than the people you where you eat than you are. You're closer in gym than you'll be in church. I ain't trying to make you feel, but I'm just letting you know. In Walmart, you can't get healed, but you walk in here, you're probably going to get healed. So, but that's your, 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 your choice. Sunday morning, like I said, you ain't got to call. You can show up, praise God, hallelujah, but stay in your own comfort zone. 
long as you get in the word of God. Again, I want to commend you that have been faithful in your online giving and tithes and offerings. Praise God. And you that are streaming, remember we have regular broadcasts from 9 to 10. Some of you don't know about that. CW20 Triad. If you're in the Triad around North Carolina, High Point, Greensboro, Winston, or the, any part of North Carolina, check Channel 20. From 9 to 10 on Sunday morning, satellite, praise God. You can get or dish. It doesn't matter whether it's direct TV. I'm preaching from 9 to 10. And then if you have, uh, 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 if you have uh, Spectrum or Plex TV, channel 3 from 9 to 10, you can get it. And then stream at 11. So take advantage. Whatever you're comfortable with. No one is not. Look, my first priority is the safety of all my members. I don't need a crowd. I preach for three months without one soul in here. So I don't need people to feel my ego. I just want you to get the word of God. That's all. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Look at Luke 12. Luke 12. We're talking about the reality. I want this thing to become real to you. Baptism. See, that's the problem. Let's find out what we can agree. The unity of the faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's get folks saying, go into all the world, preach the gospel. That's the thing we have in common. Forget about how you're baptized. Forget about pulse and pre-tribulation. Forget about laying hands on the sick and whether you believe in healing. It's the unity of the faith. Why? And the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect, that means mature. That's true maturity when you can put down your differences and walk in love unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And the next verse said that to edifying of itself in love. You don't have to put that up. The love of God is true maturity. Not squabbling over because somebody said something you don't agree with. America is supposed to be called the what? United States. United States. My question to you, can you honestly say right now, we are united? We can't agree on that. We can't agree. This governor and that one and this one and that one. And what we need is leadership. Yeah, I'm going to say it. From the federal government. It starts from the top. If you're going to have authority, with authority comes responsibility. I'm a pastor. Change won't come in my church if I don't change first. If I want my people to pray more, I need to start praying more. If I want my people to give more, I need to be the first one to give. I got to do it by example. Because to have authority means that I got to be held accountable. Amen. And that's true in any level of government. You know it and I know it. But you're ready to argue. Argue with yourself. Don't write me. Don't write nothing. No. I'm just going to pray for you because I'm going to stay in love. Work on somebody else. Argue with someone else. It's time to put that stupid stuff down and grow up in love. Hmm? We should be speaking then the same word. In love as Christians. He said that you all speak the same thing, have the same judgment. Isn't it amazing how folks will fight you over the Bible? Christians. And you know what the problem is? All they done do is read the scriptures that support what they want to believe. And what my denomination. They ain't read all, all the New Testament, the Old Testament, and all the scriptures. We don't want to do that. We let color differences. We let doctrinal differences. We let names. We let all of this stuff divide us. And yet we call ourselves church. And Jesus said the spirit of division is running rampant. 
And the only way you can overcome it is with love when you start reaching across the aisle. So we should be speaking the same word about all these subjects as, in love as Christians. Ephesians 4.15 says this. But speaking the truth. What is the truth? The word. What? In love. That's all I'm trying to do, speak the truth. And yet there are people who the spirit of vision is talking to you right now. Well, I don't believe right. What thing all you got to do is turn off. First of all, you don't have to scream. There is a button. You can just hit it. I'll disappear. But the truth is going to still go on anyhow. Speaking the truth in love, that, that's called growing up into him, Jesus, which is a head cry. That's true maturity. When you can disagree with someone and you can speak the truth to me and say the word say this, I say, but the word, and we begin to speak the truth in love, not in hate, not letting scriptures divide us. That's true maturity. That's when you start growing up. Look at Romans chapter uh, 16. Someone say, well, pastor, no, I'm just teaching the word. Read your Bible. Don't get mad at me. Go read your Bible. Read all of it. Not just the scriptures that support your doctrine. Not just the scriptures that support your point. And then if you want to know why I preach, then call me. Hey, I'll tell you. I'll give you some scriptures. But I ain't going to argue with you. Jesus didn't argue with anyone. But if you said, teach us the parable, let me help us understand. He would take time and explain to you the word of God. But there are people, all they want to do is argue and fight. And I, like I said, we are one blood. Mandisa sings a song called, We All Bleed the Same. I'll tell you, white, black, Hispanic, Asian. What are you, are American Indian? It doesn't matter. Muslim, it doesn't matter. You cut a man, you hurt him. We all bleed the same. In the eyes of God, blood, everyone's blood is important. White blood, black blood, green blood, Asian blood, Hispanic blood. Well, that man died. They need, they, you know, they bombed that, 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 that moss and those, them Jews over there. And, they, and, those, and all, all those, those, you know, the Muslims. They, they no, 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 no. We all bleed the same. So you know what our problem is? Everybody knows 2 Corinthians 5, 17. What do it say? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things are become new and all things are God. Huh? It says for if any man. Conjunction. If. Go back and read the verse before it. Paul said, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. We don't see white, black. We don't see Asian. We don't see Latino. We don't see none of that. We judge no man after the flesh. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new. I see the blood now. And until we can go beyond these physical eyes, what we see on the outside of our body, and put down our fears and our stereotypical ideas about other people, there's going to always be division. Because it's in your mind, it's taught. You would talk to the body. You would talk, you were different. So I can't do anything about that. That's a stronghold in people's minds. You got to get the word of God and purge yourself. I'm just going to do my part to help who I can, regardless of their race, regardless of their background, 
with the word <laughs> and keep the devil out. Yep. Romans 16, verse 17. Almost done here. Romans 16, verse 17. Y'all guys hang on at the end. I'm going to be praying for the offering of people here, and I'm going to pray for you at home. Members, you that's been given in tithes and offerings, praise God, and release my faith with you. The Lord will provide. Amen. Even in the midst of a pandemic. Look at Romans chapter, what did I say? Chapter what? 16. Romans 16. Almost there. And look at verse 17 and 18. Look what Paul said in verse 17 and 18. Wow, powerful stuff. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that cause divisions. Or mark them? You mean to tell, you mean someone come in and, yeah, divisions over what? Divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine. There you go, arguing over the word, arguing what you believe, arguing on my platform is this, and y'all platform is that, and you left and I'm right. He said, mark them. People coming in church, they want to fight you over what they believe. You can believe what you want to believe, but you ain't got to fight me. <laughs> Come on. That's not the devil. That's the spirit of the vision. I don't like you because you believe this, so I got to destroy you. So by destroying me, you're going to make yourself look good? You shoot me, it's going to make you look better? You put my light out, yours going to shine? More them that cause division and offense is contrary to the doctrine that you've learned. Just talking about the word, avoid them. It didn't say hate them. It just said don't, I ain't gonna run with someone that's, that's always stoking division and, and, and always bringing it and always, well, what about them? And what about them statues? And what about this mass? And what? I ain't got time for that. I'm just gonna avoid you. Y'all keep fussing. Why? For they serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. That means selfishness. When it means it's talking about their own interest. What's, what's in it for me? How's it going to prosper me? I don't care about who else it hurt. By good works and first speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. Put up my statement. So then we mark division workers to do what? Keep unity. And peace in the congregation. I ain't talking about someone who get off here. That's why everybody need to read Matthew 18 all over again. Because we talk about where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Any two of you shall agree. But if you start with verse 15, he said, if you have all against your brother, it didn't say get on the phone and destroy him. It didn't say hit the Twitter feed and destroy someone's character. It says go to them and them alone. Come on, don't get mad at me. And if you hear thee, you've gained your brother. If you didn't, take two or three others that in the word, mouth of two or three written, let every word be established. And if you won't hear them, tell it to the church. And if you won't hear the church, avoid them. That's what he was talking about. Why? That's somebody that wants to destroy and divide the church. I dare say it's a wolf. And the Bible says that we are to keep unity and peace in the congregation. Ephesians 4, 2 says this. With all lowliness and meekness and long suffering. <laughs> there we go again. I must have missed it again. Forbear one another in love. That's good, though. That's good. But uh, there's a scripture, let me find it, that says uh, about the unity of the peace. Uh, oh, I read it again. Let me see. Ephesians 4 2. That's good. That, that's what's going to take forbearing. Literally, I mean, put Ephesians 4 
Yeah, you're right. It was verse three. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace. My fault again. So we are working, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace. That means we got to work at it. That means the main thing is keeping peace in our congregation. I'm not going to let some doctrine, some tongue, something that you say keep me from uh, uh, separating me from you. I'm going to work being eager and strive eagerly to God and keep the harmony of oneness that's seduced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. That's what we do. Binding power. Peace is what keeps us together. If you want to argue about, I believe it this way and that way, then brother, I'm just going to let you argue because I'm going to keep peace. This is the body of Christ. God said that we all might be one. I'm not going to argue about tongues. What do you believe in healing? What do you believe in signs, wonders, miracles? How y'all baptize? Or your doctrine about this? Or your platform of this? Well, my platform of this. What you believe about this? What? If all you want to do is argue, that ain't going to do nothing. We're talking about the church. There's a difference between the church and the world. I'm preaching to Christians. I don't understand the world arguing. I'm talking about evangelicals with Bible. Who, who stuff we don't read. We get the scriptures we want. We preach on those, and we, the other ones don't exist in the book. Let's come together and get them all. There's some you probably don't know. There's some I don't know. But we got to keep peace. The bond of the Spirit. Why? Because God is the author of peace in all the churches and not the author of confusion. Amen? And let's close with this. God bless you. Acts 2, verse 1 and 2. Acts 2, verse 1 and 2. The book of Acts. And thank you. I want to remind you to come on to church Sunday if you like. It's about your comfort zone. Amen. Everything is safe here. We're checking temperatures. Bring your mask. Praise God. We have physical discipline. Acts chapter 2. Let me close with this. And look at verse 1 and 2. And when the dead Pentecost was full, the con day was where? When all one accord in what? One place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Put this statement up. So then true unity is the simple agenda of mind and heart. That's what it is, having a, a simple mind and not just physical presence. Just because you're in the room don't mean we're one. There was a one place with one mind and one heart. One agenda. Everybody just was sitting there, was waiting on the Holy Spirit. And in one accord, when they was all in one accord, in one place, it came unity. So that's what true unity is, a simple agenda of the mind and heart. Your body can be one place and you sitting there mad at your best. Mad at the speaker. You're in unity just because you're sitting there. Your physical presence is where your heart and mind is. And let me put this last statement up. And I'm going to pray for the finances of the people we're going to receive our offering. So then you know the results of unity. Notice suddenly and suddenly manifestation. When we come together and we put down our isms and scissors, we're going to see some suddenlies, praise God. Miracles, signs, wonders. Number two, the house will be filled. All of a sudden, there's provision. The way they said it filled the house where they were sitting. Your refrigerator will be filled. Your bank account will be filled. Manifestations. Amen. We have a part to do. And really, this is a mature message. This is rated M for mature audiences. Amen. So I trust y'all guys have gotten something. I want my members to just hang on there. I'm getting ready to pray a prayer.